Welcome to the 443 Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my colleague, Reese. And we're big fans of the game. Uh, we're going to be previewing and reviewing games on a weekly basis with you guys, and uh, we just love to talk ball. Um, and we're going to be going over some intros with you guys, introducing ourselves and, and how we became fans. Because uh, we both started working at a large uh, car company's customer service division about three years ago. We found out through gifts on the group chat that we were both soccer fans, uh, just like I found out I'm wrestling fans with other people. But um, for three years, we talked pretty much every day, and it's always about football or something football-related. And we got our jobs being based at home. So our love of the game actually brought us together to meet in person on a weekly basis to talk football with you guys, which we're excited about. Because we, the final game of, I think, the, the season at Arsenal, the, they did the, uh, the documentary on, that, that was the first time we met was the end of that season in person. <laughs> but we had talked every day for like a year. Easily. And yeah. I, I think what's even cooler is we didn't even meet each other and we've I've been in the office before, but we've never actually connected until we until I left that position. <laughs> until he went to go work for another company. Uh, that's and that's how we be we started being friends in person. Um, but uh, let's do intros on how we became fans of the teams we are fans of. I'm an Arsenal fan. Reese is a Chelsea fan. Reese, how did you become a Chelsea fan? Yeah, so it was right after uh, Chelsea won the Champions League. I'm 22 years old, okay, so I was 13 years old when I became a fan of Chelsea, so just under a decade now. That's uh, impressive. <laughs> right when uh, Eden Hazard joined the club, uh, I think that's when I fell in love. And, um, you know, also shout out to his retirement. I'm sure we'll do something at the end for him, but... Uh, Great player. You? He tortured my team. Um, <laughs> what about you, man? I became an Arsenal fan in 2011 uh, after they got just dominated by Manchester United 8-2. <laughs> um, because I had a girl I had a crush on, and she was a Barcelona fan. She came over to my place to watch the whatever game Barcelona was playing. I don't know if it was now classic or not. But here in the States back 10 years ago in 2011, over 10 years ago, the games were just on ESPN. And... Um, she was just dogging on Arsenal and how they were <laughs> trash. And my buddy, my other best friend, was trying to get me to become a Fulham fan because Cliff Densey played for the Cottagers at that time. Yeah. I liked what I saw from Arsenal trying to fix their mistakes. And I learned about the transfer market from them doing their trolley drafts trying to fix their problems. Yeah. Um, I became a fan of Arsene Wenger and a fan of the club because of the way he handled it, refunding the away fans their money and covering their travel expenses because he felt that he, as a manager, failed them on the pitch that day. And what you guys need to realize is Matt here is a historian of the game. Uh, So, you know, as time goes on, you know, maybe in the offseason, we are going to be diving into more uh, classic games, uh, teams that we were interested in, you know, before even I was born, uh, because Matt studies up a lot on this. And uh, I'll be giving you some insight on on different ideas that I see in, in, in different games and like I said, man, we just we just love watching you guys, love watching the game, and uh, we're excited for the future with this team, with the podcast. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with a preview of Week Nine of the Premier League. All right, guys, we are back from the break. We're going to be previewing the this Week Nine, and we are joined by my dog. So if you hear some clattering going on in the background, it's just him being him. Reese, kick us off. Nice. What's the first game of the weekend? First game that we're previewing, ironically, uh, is going to be Chelsea at home to Arsenal uh, on October 21st. Basically, Matt, my question to you is, again, ironically, key players and predictions for this game. All right. So the player I'm going to be looking out for on the Chelsea side is Mudrick. I feel that he, uh, at least the rumors are that he still wants to be an Arsenal player. (laughs) Um, So I feel like he's going to hurt us at some point during the game. 
Um, also, I'm not as familiar with your team as my team, but on the Arsenal side, uh, healthy Gabriel Jesus, I think, is going to be Mudrich's opposite number. Yeah. Ultimately, I think that Arsenal will win, but I do think that Chelsea has a shot. Um, Fair. And I think, just to piggyback off you there with uh, Jesus, I feel like whenever he's playing that center forward, and this is not a dig at Nketiah, but I just feel like you guys are much more of a threatening clinical team when Jesus is on the field with that front three of Martinelli oh, yeah. and Saka. So um, I'm with you. Uh, what about your prediction? Who you got? For the to win it? Yeah. Probably for me, Arsenal has got a 60% chance, 10% of a draw, and the remainder of the 30% goes to Chelsea winning it. Now, in terms of uh, the status, is any injuries or anything that we should be looking out for with Arsenal? So we don't know if Saka's going to be back yet. Um, we don't know if Martinelli's fully healthy because the Marteta said that Martinelli was not recommended by the doctors to play in the, the game against Man City last weekend. So I don't know if either of our two wingers are going to start. Jesus is healthy. Party's back on the bench. Um, honestly, I think the injuries are going to dictate this game more than the, the players that are there for both of us because I know you guys are having trouble with injuries as well. Very fair. So give me let's 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 get let's let's get granny with it. Score prediction. I know we're a week out. Three to one. Fair. To the gunners. Dang. All right. <laughs> what are you about you? Who do you think are your key men? And what do you think the score is going to be? Key players. Uh, you know, and it pains me to say this because I am uh, an avid. Uh, I don't want to say hater, but a little bit of a disliker of uh, Declan Rice. And it's nothing to do with how he plays. It's more so of his smile. But <laughs> <laughs> I think he plays. I think he's going to be the one to dominate uh, the midfield. And um, I think it'll be more of a comfortable performance from Arsenal. Uh, I don't think it'll be high scoring on Chelsea's end. So if I do predict a score, uh, it would be around 2-0, 3-0 for Arsenal. But I think key players for both sides uh, is Declan Rice, like I said. And then also... Uh, for Chelsea is going to be Caicedo. Um, he's played well the past three games, uh, but again, we have not played the level anywhere near to Arsenal's level. So I'm a little bit worried about Caicedo's performance, but if he's able to stay composed in the midfield, um, we may actually have a shot. But yeah, I think it'll be a comfortable 2-0 uh, to Arsenal. I have more faith in your team than you do. <laughs> um, who's our next game? Yep, so uh, next game here, Merseyside Derby. Classic, uh, also next Saturday, Liverpool at home to Everton. Oh, RIP to the Toffees. <laughs> Sorry, you know my opinion. I really don't want Everton to get relegated. I yeah. think they're a mainstay at the top flight, no matter what iteration. And I just, like to quote Roger Bennett, not in the face. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, you know, Deitch has done okay this start, to start the season. You know, right now they're just outside the relegation zone. You know, they're currently in 16th place, so... Um, honestly, not too far off of Chelsea, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I think one player on Everton that's done particularly well is Ducouré. I feel like he's flourished under Dyke. Dyke? Dyche? I apologize. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, in terms of that, I think Liverpool will just be too much. What do you think? I think it's going to be Mo Salah brace. I, I completely agree. I think that Calvert-Lewin might get a consolation goal late, but honestly, I think 4-1 to Poole. Yeah, and I think, you know, like as we talked about before, it's just Deitch's formation is so hard to break down, but uh, Deitch is, um, is so hard, uh, such a tough team to break down, and I feel like Liverpool is just so clinical and threatening whenever they get into that final third. It'll be tough, man. Yeah, because they're, 
they're all offense, not the best on defense. Yeah. They're kind of like the mirror image of Arsenal and Man City where they just attack and attack and attack and they're kind of... Now their midfield's getting rebuilt yeah. and their defense is getting rebuilt. So, And that's I think that's where they may have a chance at maybe yeah. scraping a 0-0 draw, but uh, I think when they lost um, Anthony Gordon and uh, you know Damari Gray, I, just, I, I, I don't think Everton have the attacking uh, prowess to, to get one over uh, Liverpool. Who's, Go ahead. Who's our next game up on the, the weekend? Because I know Saturday is the pack day. Yeah, only one game on Sunday, guys. Next one here is going to be Bournemouth at home to Wolves. Both uh, Bournemouth very struggling at the moment. Uh, Wolves actually in decent form as of late. You know, they've gotten a tough draw against Villa. Also a tough draw uh, or a tough win over Man City recently. So, so go ahead. Oh, man, with Wolverhampton. I got Wolverhampton versus Bournemouth. I have to go with the Wolves. Um, Wait, and let's 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 uh, let's go over the key player for Wolves that we we both <laughs> to quote Pep Guardiola, the gentleman who was from Korea. <laughs> we are big Huang Ki Chan fans. I mean, he's got five goals in eight games. Uh, you know, I think he's been the difference maker along with Neto. Uh, honestly, surprised how Neto isn't at a bigger club yet. Well, the rumor is uh, that Arsenal's looking at him for of to pick it up during the uh, January window as their one acquisition to. Filling for Saka as an alternative, but um, is there any window or chance for Bournemouth in this circumstance with it being Wolves? You know, like you've said before when we've talked, um, not on the pod, their coach is a quality coach. Yeah, um, I know he's had great success in the Spanish division, and I've, I've seen glimpses now. They're getting blown out because they do have a rough schedule. They have yeah. been playing against a lot of teams that are the the top. Honestly, I think it will be 2-1 to one to Wolves because their offensive firepower will carry them over. But I think that Bournemouth will get a goal. I think you'll start to see the coach's system um, be more implemented against these, not saying weaker sides, but not the super top quality sides of Liverpool, Man United, City, and Arsenal. 100% agree. Um, and just last thing on Bournemouth as well is uh, they have great attacking patterns. And I think Solanke has flourished under their current manager as well. I love his little celebration, little bow and arrow that he does. My, my Ted Lasso triangle tactical mind sees that they have a plan. Yeah. And it's, it's just, just they're not able to implement it against the stronger teams who have a better plan. And I think their manager may just have to like understand that he does not have the quality yet to play so attacking, so front-footed. But mm-hmm. in the Premier League, that's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah jumping into the next game here... Um, Actually, one final thought, honestly. On I just gotta, I gotta say it. Uh, Wolves just—they just never seem to lose games. And I think at some points, like I can't see them like dropping points to a team like Bournemouth. I just, yeah. I, I, I if I had to do a percentage, I think there's an eighty-nine percent chance I'll win. Yeah. A little bit of a chance I'll draw, but Bournemouth's window to win this, if we looked at the bookie odds, yeah. is not going to be good. They, they'll take a draw. But they have the building blocks of a good team. They yeah. have the building blocks of something like what Aston Villa is doing there. Um, it just comes down to quality. In that yeah, aspect. they just need to get in the players they need to do it, and yeah. that's just where they're at. Next game here, guys. Uh, Brentford at home to Burnley, also next Saturday. Uh the one of the, yeah, again, another Burnley's like one of those uh, again a little bit more quality uh, with their attacking than than Bournemouth, but man, they're they're front footed. Uh, Vincent has them playing in a certain way that's just fun to watch. But it's a super young team. Well, and the thing is too, the team that won the championship handily last year was made up of a lot of reserves. Yep. Like yep. the championship, they send a lot of players down there. Like um, well, I went to see Birmingham City play, and they had three players that are not there with them. 
that were loanies from Manchester United, Arsenal, and um, I think the other guy was from uh, Brentford, I think. Gotcha. Um, but he lost a lot of his great players that went back to their home teams because he's shown how good they were. Um, but this one, honestly, man, for me, I don't want to see. I want to see Burnley stay up, but I think Brentford may be too much for him. I would love a draw. Yeah, I, and honestly, the way the, the, the score lines are showing for Brentford, I mean, right now they only have one win on the season, surprisingly. Um, they have four draws. I, I, without Tony, I, I honestly can maybe see a, a possible draw or even a maybe one of those games where we might see an upset for Burnley. They have a player on their team, uh, I think it's um, Wisa, um, last game when they were playing, then that game they, they gave up late to Manchester United. Yeah. I loved watching him play. He just kept on. He had no quit in him. Yeah. Uh, and he just kept going at that game. And when he, I think when he got subbed out is when they started to, because even on defense, he's like a, he reminded me of like, I don't mean to be an insult to the man, but a, uh, <laughs> the Dr. Thunder of, um, to Gabriel Jesus. Do we think that there is a possibility of high-scoring games, or do you think it's going to be one of those 1-0 to high-scoring Dude, I would side? love a 4-3, 4-3 to Brentford, where they yeah. get where Burnley can get their goal-scoring mojo back. Gotcha. Um, but Brentford's just so good defensively. I, honestly, man, I just I want Burnley to get some points right. on just, the board. Just to get Vincent some love, yeah. man. I'm with yeah. you. But and do you... to stop having J.J. Watt having heart attacks on the, <laughs> the morning show with Rebecca Lowe. Shout, shout out our fellow <laughs> Americans that, that are listening. <laughs> do you, So, final score prediction, do you have a Brentford win? Yeah, I'd have a Brentford win, but I'd hope for something like a 4-3 or a 3-2. I gotcha. I think I'm going to go with a 1-0. Very tough uh, Brentford win as well. Gotcha. Who we got next, man? Next game, a uh, huge one, honestly. Man City at home to Brighton, also next Saturday. Um, and I, I think we can go on for 30 minutes on City alone and, and how, they've, how they've played just over the last two weeks. So to go over the injuries, because I know yeah. that, that's been affecting a lot of teams this season. They got Rodri back from suspension. Stones is back playing. I don't know if he'll start, but he's back. Yeah. Um, any word on De Bruyne? De Bruyne is not going to play. I don't think he's ready yet. Um, but uh, honestly, man, with the way Brighton's been playing the last uh, couple games, you know, they've had major mistakes. They're a very uh, risk-taking team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think if, if you give City too many chances, they're, they're going to be too clinical at some point. Like the Arsenal a few seasons back where we would go to City to play our game and we would just get yeah, cut to pieces. And that's one of those things that sometimes you have to sacrifice when you're playing City. You know, we won't dive in too much mm-hmm. into the City-Arsenal game yeah. last last week, but let's be honest. City were playing for a draw. They, they went into the mindset of playing for a draw. Because the, the Arsenal locked in their control that they had done yep. against Bournemouth the week before. And, and honestly, what told me that they were going to play for a draw, Matt, was... You had Bernardo Silva playing CDM, being a first-phase player. That guy's one of the best attacking, pressing machines in world football, and you have him playing a first-phase. Like, what are we doing? Wait, I think with Rodri back, to back back to yes. the game we're talking Sorry, about, because right. we could talk, like, this is how we talk <laughs> when we talk sports. This is us in text or on the phone or when we're in person. This is how we do it. Yeah. Um, but back to this game, um, I honestly think i give the edge to Brighton. Yeah. I think Rodri coming back from suspension – um, Stones being injured uh, or coming back from injury, De Bruyne being out. I think that Deserby will find some kind of way. I think it'll be like something like a 2-1 to Brighton. One thing I'm definitely uh, going to be interested in about the game more of, uh, from a tactical aspect is 
Uh, Brighton play with so much width when they're, when they're in attack with Estupinian mm-hmm. and Matoma down that left flank. Uh, I think that'll be a very, very big part of the game, how City can counter that. Um, Who does Walker play against on his side in this team? That'll be Matoma. Okay, so he got had trouble once uh, we saw him go up against a the late game Martin, uh, Martinelli. Yeah. He really began to struggle. I'm not saying the man's speed's gone, but I think he's got to wear them down and play his mind games. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, the speedy winger mm-hmm. is going to give Walker some trouble if, in Matoma. If Rodri is not to the level that Rodri has been playing at, I can see a Brighton win. But now that Rodri's back in the team, I'm going to go a 2-0 win to City. Okay. So my Arsenal-ness is showing on that one. <laughs> I kind of want Brighton to win. Of course. But... Guys, you guys got to realize we are fans at the end of the day, but yeah. we, we are going to be neutral. Try uh, to be as neutral as we can. And he's, but he's you're nice. right, though. I mean, there's definitely a possibility where Brighton, like I said, if they play to the level that we've seen Brighton play mm-hmm. at, we definitely Top can see Brighton three points. Would do in the city that we've seen the last couple of weeks exactly. that haven't been able to get it into, like the American term, get into fifth gear. Yeah. The best I've seen them play is their fourth gear. Yeah. Or maybe I'm wrong and they're. They're playing in third gear, and they haven't been able to get into fourth gear or fifth gear. Well, a big thing is going to be that midfield with Rodri, and obviously Stones jumps back into that midfield. How Pep likes to have a center because back. Because I think that I like that the young man Lewis that they got on um, last game. Lewis was his name, right? Rico Lewis. Yeah. Rico Lewis. If they have to start him against Brighton, I think they're going to struggle the same way they did against Arsenal. If they are able to not start him, and he comes in as a late game and brings that energy mm-hmm. to give Rudry or um, Bernardo Silva a break. Yeah, I think they could win. It just depends on where they're at with their midfielders. So Matt's got two one for Brighton. I have two zero for City. Uh, next game here, we got Newcastle at home to Crystal Palace. Oh, my Super Eagles! <laughs> Sorry, guys. My Crystal Palace is my second team. It's the first team I've ever seen play live in the Premier League. I went to their game before I went to go see Arsenal because I wasn't sure if I could get into. Man United Arsenal. So Super Eagles always have a soft spot in my heart. The Claret Blue. It's just going it, to, this might be one of those games where uh, Hodgson might, might have just uh, reached his max here. Yeah, because Newcastle, Newcastle's in flying form. Mm-hmm. Isaac's in flying form. He's got six goals in seven games. I, I think this, this is going to be a, a comfortable Newcastle win, what do you say? Um, I agree with you. I think Roy's going to get outdone here. I think um, they might be able to get one goal in the thing, but. Honestly, my heart of hearts tells me something like a 3-0 to Newcastle. Yeah, and but like at the same time, let's give flowers to Palace because they did get a huge, huge result against City, or not City, uh, United mm-hmm. uh, the other week. Uh, they are very much a very organized defensive mm-hmm. team, uh, and I think they have good attacking players. Is his name? Ezzy, Ezzy, something like that. Yeah, I, easy. He's a phenomenal player. He's yep. back in playing in full form because he came back into Manchester United in that Manchester United game to play for a full ninety. Yeah, they, they've got great attackers. I like Mateta and Eduard. He's got four goals right now in seven games. But yeah, I think Newcastle's just hit their hit that form where they're they're ready to start going. Yeah, so. they're yeah. I think that I'm with you. Uh, I'm gonna say two nil to Newcastle. God, I was thinking because when they could get into it. I mean, who did they beat out? Somebody early in the season? Villa? Yep. Were they five, just... 5-1, five, five oh, something like that. Yeah, 5-1, where they just they just beat poor Villa yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Next game here, Nottingham Forest at home to Luton. Uh, huge turnout for this game. We know there's going to be a bunch of eyes on this one. No, I'm joking. Uh, shout out to our Forest and Luton fans, but who do you have on this one, Matt? <sighs> Honestly, I hate to say it. Or not... I'm sorry, I know I say that a lot. <laughs> um, I don't think Luton has a chance. Um... They, I watched that Spurs game back. 
Do they, they have any they, attacking patterns, any defensive no, schemes that gives you any sort of hope for them? No, they they were just hoping to stop Tottenham from scoring. Even when they Tottenham went down to 10 men. Because mm-hmm. the only matches I've seen is Tottenham and the Chelsea match earlier that I was trying to watch when I was at work because they yeah. put it on a Monday. Yeah. We'll come to my disdain for Monday games later <laughs> when we go to the Monday vers- uh, preview. Of course. Um, but, yeah, Luton in the two games I've watched never looked like they... They do have, they do attempt to do it, um, but they just don't seem to ever look like they're going to score a goal. Yeah. I mean, they got their first win, but I don't remember how they got it. And I think Forrest right now, you know, especially with the signings they've made over the summer in, in the form of Awunini, I think is how you mm-hmm. pronounce his name. Um, I think I think this will just be a little bit uh, too much for Luton. I do think it'll be a closely contested game because these are, you know, relatively teams towards the yeah. bottom of the table. I um, think in the 2-1, I think Luton will get a goal. I don't know who they'll get it from because my maybe. boy Sambi Laconga isn't playing right now. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I think this is going to be a squeaky close 1-0 win to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Uh, jumping in the next one here, guys. Uh, last game of the Saturday slate. Uh, United away to Sheffield United, who is winless. Matt, what are you? Maybe we're going to be one-sided on this one. Even though... I, I don't know what yeah. Manchester United is going to put out there. I don't yep. know what team they are. I can't figure it out. Because they can do these amazing moments, but they seem to be a team of moments and not a team that plays like the rest of the teams are in... Or not, they're not even in the top... They're barely in the top 10, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're just... They're tied with Chelsea for that t- top 10 spot right now. Okay. Um, one thing... And this is something I literally just saw. You know who their top goal scorer is? Or tied for their top goal scorer? McTominay? McTominay with a brace that they just yeah. had recently. Yeah, and within six minutes uh, of race, they came on as a sub. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rasmus Hoijlin, I am very high on him. I yeah, think he's gonna I think be, he's a phenomenal... He's he, done fantastic in the Champions League, but there's a real uh, attacking pattern problem in Ten Hag's system right now. And it could be down to those injuries. You know, they are having yeah. some injuries as well. Yeah. But I think every top team is having injuries right now yeah but honestly i just i wait so that's basically you saying matt there's no excuse for, for united to be losing because all these other top teams are injured that's what you're saying yeah i just <laughs> i don't i just i watched them play more than i wanted to this season because <laughs> like he's talked about our biases i'm not the biggest fan of manchester united i want a premier league where they're a top team because they deserve to be there because of their yeah. history they have the talent to do it and i just i but they just seem like a team that can't put it together for 90 minutes. One player I'm worried about, uh, at least in the United side right now, one of their their best player last season, Marcus Rashford, he is just holding on to the ball a little bit too long in that final third. Mm-hmm. It's like, He's I don't know. He's not passing it. Yeah, and I'm not too he sure if that's an opportunity something. against the Gunners, and he just... They would have scored if he just had passed. And I'm not too sure if this is Ten Hag telling him, hey, be more selfish, mm-hmm. try to get yourself some goals to build your confidence. But whatever he is telling him, it is not working. They need the service to Hoyland when they give him the ball, the dude makes plays. So, yeah. and he's, like I said, he's had a fantastic Champions League. Oh, my, he yeah. was the bright spot in their attack for the first 85 minutes of that game they had against Brentford less. He did, kept beating on their door as much as he could. He kept stretching their lines. I was watching him. He, that organized defense that Brentford has, if they would have just been able to get him some service from the wings, 
they would have probably had a way better time and having to just rely on McTominay to come in and go super Scott on them. He's a he's a big physical player, man, and I think there was a lot of doubts about him on those per because they only went off those per ninety stats mm-hmm. from last season. But the dude's a beast. Final final score prediction for this game, man. Oh, just one more thing on yeah. Hoyland. When we were talking, because he was coming back from injury at the Arsenal Manchester United game, I was telling you I was nervous because I watched yep. him for Atlanta play like his best of hits or whatever, yep. and he made me nervous. But I'm telling yeah. you, man, those per 90 no. stats, they're mm-hmm. legit, dude. <laughs> All right, so for this one, 2-0 two, two to United. Yeah. I think Hoyland will get a Premier League goal, and I think we'll get a goal from somebody else. You know, and I think, uh, you know, to give flowers to Sheffield, their their owners have not backed them in the summer. And for a team, when you get promoted, you need to be yeah. backed. But I- I'm with you. It's one-sided. I'm going to go 2-0 two, two to United as well. well. like, I was just watching the new Welcome to Wrexham where they, Sheffield, the team of last season made an appearance in that FA Cup run mm-hmm. that where they put Wrexham down. I happened to be in the UK at that time. People in the other the other team, leagues and fans were saying how if they can just get some weapons added to them, they could be a threat in the Premier League. Like you said, the owners just haven't given to them. They... They're just trying to hold on. It's unfortunate, man. Um, jumping into the only Sunday game, actually a relatively big one with the form of both teams. Who we got? I know Villa's got to be in Aston Villa at home to West Ham on Sunday. Ooh. Now, two things. West Ham were uh, very fortunate, at least at the end of the game last week, to escape with that draw. Or actually, sorry, other way around. West Ham were fortunate or unfortunate to not get the win Mm-hmm. Uh, after that kudus goal, uh, but dude, this is going to be uh, a very fun game to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be a good evening. <laughs> you really think so? Hey, I, you know my love for Emery. I think that the organization Arsenal did backman. I think he's a great coach. He's proved yeah. it in Spain, and um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a good evening. I think he's going to be he's going to outsmart Moyes. I, I'm predicting a three-one because I don't think he can keep West Ham. I don't think they've ever had a not put a point on the board this season. Yeah. And I think one thing that I'm very interested to see in this game is who's going to actually be the team playing on the front foot. I think it, it will it will be Villa playing on the front foot because obviously Moyes is more of a counter-attacking uh, manager with defensive schemes. Um, but we have seen Moyes be aggressive in this West oh, yeah. Ham team, especially when they play these lower table teams. He picked that up in Spain um, when I think he had so Rio Sociedad as his team. He... He picked up some that Spanish attacking flair he's added to his game because at Everton I never remember him doing that, and I never remember and well his United run was snake bit from the beginning I don't really remember much of it. I think a difference maker uh, is who's going to be holding winning the midfield battle uh, with with McGinn uh, Kamara against uh, Paqueta and Suchek. Um, I know I'm forgetting a name in that uh, Douglas Louise. Yeah. Um, who's I'm, been a star under Moyes? Exactly. Other teams tried to pick him up. Arsenal among them, and I'm glad they held on to him. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games where it may not be exciting in terms of goals, uh, but I do think it'll be, a again, very close one. So what are you thinking? Them. I'm thinking Villa's going to turn it on like they did against... Who did they beat, like, 7-1 the other day? Or they, like a couple weeks ago? Oh, they beat Brighton. That's who yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, just ran over Brighton. Um, I think this is going to be a close 1-0 win, again, just because West Ham plays such good defense, and I think Villa, again, defensively very strong. I think Villa's going to nap, uh, nap one with uh, Watkins in the form that he's in. Gotcha. So that takes care of Sunday. I know we have a Monday game, and I, I hate Monday games because I can't pay attention to them because they always come on 
when I'm at work and I can only pay attention to one period and all the stuff that's important happens on the period I can't pay attention. <laughs> and this is, um, I, I think we can both agree on this one. It's going to be Tottenham at home to Fulham. Oh, uh, London Derby. Yeah, I not honestly, Fulham in the form they've been in has just not impressed me at all. Um, again, I think one of the worst signings in the summer window was Raul Jimenez. I think it's very clear that, unfortunately, since his head injury... David Luiz did him in. Yeah, it's just, it, he hasn't been the same player, you know. And, and it's, it's, it's sad to see, but you needed someone to replace um, Mitrovic, but they did not yeah. do it effectively. Uh, I think that's going to be a comfortable 3-0 win to Tottenham. What about you? Oh, you went first. Okay, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, I've been researching a project and I ran into Ange Postelokaku. Um, well, let's, his, let's give some respect. Bostikoglu. Bostikoglu. My <laughs> apologies. I like Ange. I like the way he's got Tottenham playing. They remind me of the Tottenham of Pochettino and before that. Fun team um, to watch, man. Yeah. Uh, I think he's gotten a lot of pure athletes into that team. They can run for 90 minutes. You saw what they did against down a man against Luton. Um, I think what he did with Saar, uh, I don't know what he told him in the offseason, what he had him work on, but that midfield duo of Basuma and Saar looks yeah. like a totally revamped yeah, midfield. They, they bought Basuma like two years ago and... It does not look like that. Conte barely used him and they they just unleashed him. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be 3-0 to Spurs. Yeah, and just last thing on Spurs, you know, they've had back-to-back now Player of the Month. James Madison won the first Player of the Month and now you have uh, oh. Son winning the second one. Pop. Madison is... When they signed him as an Arsenal fan, I kind of didn't pee my pants, but I had to, to think about it because I he's liked a, him at Leicester. He's a he's a damn good player. He's man. a damn good player, and you got Son performing above his XG again, which he wasn't doing last year. Um, honestly, as an Arsenal fan, I I want to beat Tottenham at every game. I love St. Tottenham's Day, but I think it's, it's going to be hard to get this year. I think that they're going to stay. They're finishing top four. And and I think this this is new. Uh, how do I say? Manager bounce? No, not necessarily. It's like a new. It's like a new checkpoint. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but everyone does not like Tottenham. But like, there's something to like about this yeah, Tottenham team. That that's it. There's something like because I ran into Pasta Lukaku when he was taking he was in charge of Celtic mm-hmm. and doing a project on Celtic Rangers I'm working on and it. He just seems like a generally a good man. He knows what he wants from his players. He knows what players he needs. And his system may not be like a Pep system or a Klopp system, but he's going to be in there. He's going to win every game against any team that's like eighth and below. And they're going to go after. They're going to go for the win every time yeah. they play. They're he doesn't winning. play for the draw. He plays to win. Totally um, different seems, than the previous. Yeah, managers. totally different than Conte and Mourinho. Fantastic. And I can't. Pochettino seems so long ago, but I think they always played for the win under him, unless yeah. they were playing one of the top four. Yeah, I, I completely agree, man. Um, just it's a totally a, different team. Yeah. It seems it's like. a harking back to the the edgy, the edgy Spurs that we haven't seen in like almost six years, yeah. five or six years. Two more things. One last thing on Spurs again. Sorry, guys. Uh, Udogi, I think he's a fantastic left back. Um, I'm really surprised they loaned him out after last season, uh, after his uh, stint at Sassuolo. I think that was the club he was at. Um, and then lastly, just for Fulham, man, again, shout out our Americans, Tim Ream, uh, Robinson. <laughs> just breaking people's bodies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, but comfortable 3 no one for sure. I, have a, I always have a soft spot for Fulham. Yeah. Um, they were a team that I almost became a fan of because of Clint, but I didn't want to become a fan of a team because of a player. Yeah. I wanted to become a fan of a team because of the team. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I saw in Fulham at that time was Berbatov and 
Dempsey, and when they both left, Fulham started their their fall yeah. um, down the table and their stints in the championship and being a the new Norwich where they just seem to bounce back and forth. And I think it's going to be tough for them, especially this season, to stay up with the way, uh, you know, for example, yeah. these Burnley teams are playing. Yeah. You no, know, Mitrovic is going to kind of hurt them. I've, if I were them, I would have gotten more money from them and maybe thrown... They need to make a move in January. Yeah, if they, they got to they gotta make a move to try and bring in some players. Um, but well, One last thing, guys. Yeah, uh, you know, I think... As you guys can tell, um, we're very excited, and, and we love talking football with you guys. Um, this Monday slate, where it's more going to be one of those games where we preview, and then kind of uh, on that Sunday, and then we'll review it first thing we talk about uh, that yeah. next that next match week. So because we plan on recording on next Sunday and having it out for Monday or Sunday evening um, to have it out for you, but unfortunately with the Monday games, we wouldn't be we'll have to do it on like literally like. The first game of the week on yeah. um, the next week after that um so we hope you guys understand you know we hope there's not too many big games on those mondays because like like you guys are we're very we're very big football fans and, and we're excited uh, for those monday games as well but um any i know you wanted to talk about a little about eden hazard oh yes we're only at 30 minutes and we can go we can go for about an hour yeah so i mean i think when you define a player especially in today's game it is very system based uh, players have to, they especially wingers, they have a small window of attacking when they can actually show their true skill to, you know, make a move, get past their defender. Eden Hazard is one of the last guys of this generation that was like, you know what, F that. I'm going to go ahead and just play what I do. I love the game of football. It created problems, of course, for managers. He came in overweight when he came to Real Madrid, but that's how he was every offseason for Chelsea. Um, and it, of course, it's unfortunate what happened at Real Madrid, but man, uh, one of the greatest uh, Premier League players. Sorry. Uh, one of the things I always remember of Eden Hazard, besides just destroying my, my Arsenal side, is I don't remember what it was. I was listening to some podcast, and they had a, the Al Pacino quote, she's got a big ass. <laughs> uh, they would t- play that when they talked about Eden Hazard. That's awesome. Because uh, he, he, yeah. he was a man with a very large booty. <laughs> For, to his size, but he, like you said, he was like Wayne Rooney. He would just tear, you know, he would just tear people up. He was a jazz player in a thing that's becoming techno. Yeah, and um, he he was his like you said to to his booty. You know, he was a very low to the ground, low, ground, low, center, low of center of gravity. gravity. Use that that his balance that, with those legs. Well, that, and I think, and this is just you know a, a Reese theory here, but I honestly think Eden patched over a lot of the problems that Chelsea had and he single-handedly kept us a prominent club at points because once uh, he came after we won the Champions League and you know I really think if if Eden was not the player he turned out to be Chelsea would be in a much worse position um, he papered over a lot of cracks you guys had and I remember that year you randomly won the Champions League and like you finished in eighth mm-hmm. um, he basically won you that game yeah and and even in his last stint with with Chelsea you know uh, his last season under Sarri we were not the best team we barely made top four um, but then when Baku 2019 came you know oh. game of the he, he was a comfortably man of the match guys if, if you don't know Eden Hazard just look up Eden Hazard versus Arsenal any one of those yeah. uh, highlights you, will you, just... you'll see that he is a phenomenal player because he would just chair through my team and make me wake up when I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning so disclaimer because we both live in the western part of the United States but we're recording this in beautiful northern Phoenix Arizona <laughs> or central Phoenix and if any of you are a fan of this game that's from 
you know, west of St. Louis. You understand. You understand our pain of you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, you pour yourself a coffee, you turn on the game, and within 15 minutes, minutes, Eden Hazard has scored a brace, and your team looks like shit. <laughs> it, it almost just detriments your day when you have to wake up before 7 a.m. and watch your yes. team lose. Uh, shout out to the East Coasters, man, because you guys oh. got it made compared to us. Oh, here. when I used to visit my buddy JC on the East Coast, you could go to bars and watch the games. <laughs> That's unheard of out here. I watched the FA Cup against Arsenal-Chelsea where, uh, not Chambers, um, he just left to go to Rob Holding. Rob Holding handled um, the big guy, your forward. He's Spanish, but Brazilian. Diego Costa. Diego Costa. I watched that game at a bar at 9 o'clock in the morning, 9.30, drinking pints and pepper, pints of Smittics, just getting... (laughs) Just getting blasted. Uh, or I think the game may have started at 10. I think I got there at 9.30 and I was drinking Smithix. And, and, and guys, the moral of the story is, you know, especially with us being our first uh, match week, um, kind of, again, kind of ironically with it being the international break, uh, these episodes are going to be longer going forward, uh, as, like, as we alluded to. It's going to be previewing and reviewing yep. uh, match weeks in advance. So uh, apologize for the shorter episode on this, uh, but we are going to be delivering some content on a weekly basis for you guys. And a shout out to our, our fans. I know I'm going to have one guy listening, my boy Chris. <laughs> Thank you for being an awesome boss. And um, I think... That's a wrap for today, right? Yeah, I'm good, man. All right, awesome. Let's finish this up.